Hello everyone and welcome to episode number four of Rob's video blog. Um, I had actually got a couple people who requested me to do the video blog on fractional reserve banking so I figured uh, I'll, I'll talk about it right now. So uh, let's talk about banks in general before we get into fractional reserve banking and I'll try and keep this as brief as possible but why do banks exist? Why do we put our monies in a bank? Well realistically you go and you earn a paycheck and you earn money and at some point you get a large enough chunk of change that you don't want to put it in your house. You don't want to stick it under your bed. You don't want to leave it in your car because somebody can come and somebody can rob your life savings and that, that would suck. So, uh, so what we do is we go to a bank. A bank has a vault, a bank has steel bars, it has security system, it has armed guards, and they safely keep your money for you and that's where you put it. So let's start our own bank. Let's call it the Bank of Honesty. I know, very ironic, right? So we'll start the Bank of Honesty, and that's exactly what we do. We go to people, we say, hey, listen, you know, you got all this money lying around your house, it's very dangerous, somebody can come in, somebody could steal it, God forbid your house burns down, all your dollar bills go up in flames, give it to me, we'll put it behind this nice big vault, we'll have it there, we'll have a guard, we'll have a security system, we'll keep it for you for safekeeping, and uh, because we're storing your money, and you can come and you can get your money out whenever you want, you just ask for it, we'll give it to you, and we'll keep track of all your money for you, um, but you have to charge you, but we're going to charge you a very small fee uh, for guarding your money because there's resources involved and we have to make a profit. So you say, okay, great, that, 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 you know, your customers like it, it's a good deal, and you set it up. <clears throat> well, as time goes by, you know, maybe people start getting uh, tired of paying a fee every month for you to, uh, to guard their money, and meanwhile, you get larger and larger and larger piles of money that just kind of sit there, and you start thinking to you, and we think to ourselves and say, well, you know, we got all this money sitting in here and I noticed that people don't come and take all their money out at once. They only take a little bit at a time and even if one person comes and takes all their money out, I still got a hundred other people whose giant pile of money is sitting in here. So we have all this money just sitting in here. You know, maybe we can do something with this. Maybe we can loan this to people at an interest rate and make some money. So being the bank of honesty, what do we do? We go to our customers and we say, look, I know you got like 20 grand sitting in the bank here, but I noticed you don't really spend it and every month more money comes into your savings and it grows and it grows and it grows. So why don't you give us, you know, maybe five grand, 10 grand and we'll take that money. You can't have it back. We'll take that money. We'll loan it out to someone at an interest rate and we'll give you a portion of that interest in five years when the loan matures. So you will give us, you know, $10,000 of your 20,000. Your account balance will go down to 10,000. We'll take that 10,000, loan it out to somebody. And in five years, they will pay us $10,000 plus 5% interest. And I'll give you your $10,000 back plus 2% interest. And some of, your, uh, some of our clients will say, hey, that's a great idea. Some of them will say, nah, I don't want to do that. Just keep my money in there and you know, I'll just pay my little fee for, for storage. Um, and that's how you would make loans. And you can actually go to the bank now and you can get that sort of arrangement. It's called the CD or a Certificate of Deposit. You give them money. They say, hey you know you buy a certificate of deposit they give you a certificate of deposit for a certain amount for a certain period of time 10 grand five grand whatever the heck it is and you can't touch or you can't take it you will not get your money back for a certain period of time and you go into your account balance and if you had 20,000 and you got a certificate of deposit for 10,000 now your account balance only shows $10,000 because that's all they got for you so that 
is the bank of honesty. That is the way a normal bank would work. That is the way a normal bank would lend. That is, what, that is the way it realistically should work. Now we're going to get into fractional reserve banking, which I will go to the board to describe because we have to write some things down and keep track of numbers and I'll do a mathematical proof for it. But you will be amazed to know uh, the differences between a normal, logical, consistent uh, system and the fractional reserve banking system. Now, one aspect to keep in mind about the bank of honesty that you will find interesting is the amount of money, because every dollar that gets loaned out has to have a CD that goes with it. So I can only loan out $5,000 if customer XYZ gives me $5,000 to loan out and says, yes, you can loan it out. And in five years, you give it back to me. I can only loan out the amount of money that my customers allow me to. And that's a good, that's an honest system because, hey, it's my customer's money. It's not my money. It's not the bank's money. It's the customer's money. So that's how the bank of honesty works. And the beauty of that is that the customers dictate how much money the bank can make in loans. So if the economy is going real good and people got tons and tons of money and they're not concerned, hey, I can give the bank, you know, $40,000, $50,000 for the next five years. I don't need it. I got a great job. I got a ton of savings. I paid off my house. The economy is looking good. People are optimistic. The economy is looking good. They'll buy a bunch of CDs. They'll get a bunch of CDs from the bank and the bank will loan out money. Conversely, if the economy is going down, you know, people are piling up some debt, you know, maybe their house isn't paid off. Maybe they just had some kids. They don't have a big pile of savings, you know, and the bank comes to them and says, Hey, you know, why don't you buy a CD for $5,000 and we'll loan out your 5,000. You say, no, nah, I really can't right now because I'm kind of strapped. Well, see then in, in that case, the customers end up dictating to the bank, the level of profits that they can make. And therein is why fractional reserve banking has been implemented. Which way does it go, George? Which way does it go? Okay, so what is fractional reserve banking? Well, it's exactly what the name says. Um, a bank only needs to maintain a fraction of the amount of money that it claims to have in reserves. Um, in the United States, that fraction is only 10%. So um, instead of explaining it, I can just show you very easily here. Um, this is a table labeled bank account, reserve, and loan. Account is the amount of money that the bank says it has. The reserve is the amount of actual money that the bank has. And the loans is the amount of money that the bank loans out. So like I said, in the United States, the fractional uh, reserve rate is only 10%. So that means if there's a bank and somebody puts $1,000 into that bank, they're allowed to take 90% of that $1,000 and loan it out. So 90% of 1,000 is $900. Now you would think, okay, well you just deposited a thousand, now they loaned out a thousand, so the account should now only read 100. But that's not what happens. The bank still says, hey, we have a thousand dollars in here. If you wanna come and take out some money, take out some money. And they can do this most of the time because you usually have a lot of people putting their money in the bank and not taking it out all at once. So the fact that they show that there's a thousand and they really only have 100 in reserves, 99.9% .9 of the time is okay. Unless everybody comes all at once and asks for their money back, technically speaking, they're probably gonna be okay with only 10% reserve. But understand what this, what this does now. Now they, have, they show in their account $1,000 and now they've loaned out $900. So we started with $1,000 in circulation and now there's $1,900 in circulation. But what happens with that money that gets loaned out? Somebody takes it, they buy a car, they buy a house, they start a business, 
they pay somebody else and that somebody else ultimately then takes that $900 and sticks it in bank number two. So now this $900 goes into bank number two. But remember, bank number two, just like bank number one, only needs to hold 10% of it in reserve. So they keep 10% reserve and they loan out the rest. So now, take a look at what has happened. We started with $1,000, right? Got loaned out to somebody. Somebody then took that loan money, paid somebody else. That person then put the money in the bank. So we started with 1000 Now bank number one says they have $1,000. Bank number two says they have $900. And there's still $810 now floating out in space somewhere. And this gets repeated over and over and over and over. So then bank number three would get the $810 deposit into its bank, into its uh, account. They would loan out, they would keep 10%, they would loan out the other 90%, and on we go. And the important thing to notice about this, again, and I'll reiterate it, we started with $1,000, and now bank one has 1,000, bank two has 900, bank three has 810 and 90% of the 810 has been loaned out. So we've taken one, and this is only after three steps. So we've taken $1,000 and we've more than doubled the money supply, almost tripled it, uh, more than doubled the money supply by only making three loans. So as this process goes on, um, the money supply expands and expands and expands and expands and expands. Um, so we'll see in the, uh, the next segment um, how to calculate exactly how much money gets created in this process um, and how detrimental it can be. Okay, so now that we've shown how the fractional reserve banking system works, uh, we're gonna show how much money actually gets created through the loan process, through loaning out 90%, sticking it into another bank, loaning out another 90%, and so on. So let's just start in. So the first bank gets $1,000, right? 1,000. Then the second, then the bank loans it out and it gets put into the second bank. So the second bank gets 90% of that. So 0 0.9 times 1,000. So then the second bank takes 90% of the amount that it has, loans it out, and it goes into the third bank. So the third bank gets 0 0.9 of this amount times 0 0.9 times 1,000. And then the third bank loans out 90% of this to somebody and then it gets put into a fourth bank and the fourth bank gets 90% of this, which is 0 0.9 times 0 0.9 times 0 0.9 times 1,000. Okay. I think you can see a pattern emerging here. So let's think back to our uh, algebra class and exponents, okay? So we have three of the same term here, right? 0 0.9, so we can write this like this. 0 0.9 to the third times 1,000. And we can write this term as 0 0.9 squared times 1,000. And 
This is already shown here, but really what is this? 0 0.9 to the 1. And if you remember back to that strange quirk about uh, numbers raised to powers, any number raised to the 0 power is 1. So this term is actually 0 0.9 to the 0 times 1,000, which is the original amount, 1,000. So you would add up all these terms, but you can see there's a pattern. 0 0.9 to the 0 times 1,000, 0 0.9 to the 1, 0 0.9 to 2, 0 0.9 to the 3, all multiplied by 1,000. And as the terms go on, that number just gets higher. So we can write this as what's called a sum of an infinite series, because the series will just literally go on forever and you'd have to add up all the terms. So we can write it with our summation symbol. as 1,000 times 0 0.9 to the n. So we've just written th these four terms. We've written these four terms like this, 1,000 times 0 0.9 to the n, where n is the number is the number of the step you're on. So the first step, step 0. Step one, step two, step three. And our summation symbol says we're gonna take each step starting at zero and we're gonna add it up to infinity. So this is how you would express it. This is called the sum of an infinite series. Um, if you've ever taken a Calc 2 class, this stuff was absurdly boring, totally uninteresting, and really, really, really hard to calculate with like Taylor series approximations and all that kind of crap. So we plug it into a actual uh, calculator, a infinite series calculator, and this will tell us if we start with $1,000 in the US banking system with a 10% reserve, 90% of the money getting loaned out, how much money will we end up with at the end? And the result is you end up with $10,000. So we start with 1,000, goes into the bank, gets loaned out, goes into the bank, gets loaned out, goes into the bank, gets loaned out, and we end up with $10,000. That's 10 times the amount that was initially there. That's a whole heck of a lot of inflation. So now you may be asking yourself, well, what if we just loan out less? What if we lower the reserve ratio? That's a good question. Um, if we lowered the reserve ratio, let's say to 50%, 0 0.5, and we rewrote our equation, like this, and we plugged it into our handy dandy calculator or we did a Taylor series approximation, we end up with 2,000. So at a 50% fractional reserve banking system, whatever money gets put into the system, it doubles once you're done loaning it all out. Not as bad as a 10% as a reserve, but uh, still pretty bad. If you go to lower numbers, it's lower, but it's always greater than the amount that gets put in. So fractional reserve banking, as the money gets loaned out, the money supply gets inflated. In the US, 10%. That means that the money supply gets inflated 10 times. Now that we've done the mathematical proof and we can see how it works, um, let's talk about why this is bad. Okay, so now let's think about the repercussions of a fractional reserve banking system. But before we do that, let's just think about banking in general. Let's go back to the Bank of Honesty. I talked about how in the Bank of Honesty, in order for money to get loaned out, people would have to get a CD which said, hey, take my money for X period of time, 
I can't ask for it back, you loan it out, you get it back, you give me my money back plus interest. And we talked about how the customers would ultimately dictate how much money got loaned out. And it would be based on how the economy was going, how people were feeling, how much savings they had, what period they were in their life, and that sort of thing. So um, the amount of money that gets loaned out, the amount of debt that society would incur would be directly proportional to uh, uh, society's living conditions, the quality of life, the job security, uh, the amount of savings. And this is a, this is a very good thing because um, it kind of gives it its own check and balance. Now, that's not to say that, uh, you know, the public doesn't go crazy every once in a while and, you know, the feelings get going real good and people think they have more money than they do. So they would sign too many CDs and banks would loan out too much money. And you kind of get this sort of ebb and flow thing. And that's a consequence of uh, humanity. That's the way there are very few systems uh, in the world, including, uh, you know, societies and human beings decisions and aggregate decisions of human beings that uh, just maintain a steady equilibrium. There's an equilibrium point, but usually they're kind of going above it, below it, above it, below it, and they're never really just kind of hanging out there. So you're naturally gonna have these sorts of things and they get out of whack for a little while and then they get corrected and maybe they go a little out of whack on the bottom and they come back and get corrected. The problem with a fractional reserve banking system, as you can see back there, is these little ups and downs that would go get amplified and not only do they get amplified, but they get amplified the amount that the fractional reserve uh, banking system, uh, excuse me, the fractional reserve ratio allows. So if we have a 90, so if we have a 10% reserve ratio like we do in the United States, and I told you that it creates 10 times the amount of money. Well, if you know, if people are feeling good and they accidentally, you know, sign too many CDs or they loan, or excuse me, and uh, too much money gets loaned out, instead of just going up a little bit and coming back down like it naturally would it gets blown way out of proportion. It comes way down like that. And if you read anything about this, uh, there's a lot about, um, it's called the Austrian business cycle theory. And they talk about how it's totally exacerbated by fractional reserve banking. In fact, they say that fractional reserve banking is one of the main, is the main cause of it. Uh, I think that uh, the fractional reserve rates have always been so low that uh, it, it becomes an overwhelming factor in the natural up and down swing that we would see that it almost appears to account for the entire effect. But nonetheless, that is the effect. It, it goes, it swings wildly up and swings wildly down. Now, also a thing to mention is, uh, you know, we talked about how much the money supply uh, expands 10 times the amount in the United States um, when the money gets loaned out. Just like for whatever reason, if uh, banks stop loaning money and they get all the loans paid back to them and they end up with a ton of money and they don't loan anything out, well, guess what? Now that money supply that went up by 10 and now it shrinks back down to one. And again, that's a massive amount of deflation. Um, and when you have massive inflation and massive deflation and massive inflation and massive deflation, rather than just kind of this little, you know, squiggly line type thing that you'd, you'd normally see, very bad for an economy. Uh, there's a number of reasons for that. I'm not gonna get into it uh, here, but that's pretty much fractional reserve banking in a nutshell. Um, that's the mathematical proof to show you how, um, the calculation to show you how much money gets created in a fractional reserve uh, system. And strangely enough, in the United States, around 92 to 93% of all the money, all the, and I put in quotation, all the money in circulation is uh, credit balances uh, created by fractional reserve banking. It's 92, 93% because there's some screwing around with the government and while the reserve rate is 10%, it's not always 10%. In some scenarios, it's even less than that. So um, 
So yeah, that's the mathematical proof. Um, one other thing to keep in mind uh, that's really kind of irritating about the whole situation is uh, it, it's kind of, it, it's a fraud. I mean, the whole system is predicated on the fact that you put X amount of dollars in the bank, they take 90% of it, loan it out, and tell you that there's still X amount of dollars in the bank. It's not true. It's not there. It's not there. Um, and they only get away with it because there hasn't been a bank run in a while. And if you think bank runs can occur, Look back to uh, just before the Great Depression. You can look back all through, and not even just the Great Depression, because people will say, oh, well, the stock market, and this and that, and there was all these extenuating circumstances. If you actually study monetary history, and I'm not just talking in the United States, but throughout, um, throughout the history of mankind, uh, there's, there's been bank runs constantly when fractional reserve uh, systems get implemented. And it's only a matter of time before it happens. So um, aside from the immorality of defrauding people and saying there's stuff there that's not there, uh, and you know, the, the bad consequences of inflating and deflating the money supply massively, um, there's the danger of bank runs. And listen, people will go and wanna pull their money out of a bank. And when it's not there, the shit is going to hit the fan, my friend. So advocate for a full reserve uh, banking system predicated on honesty, purchasing of CDs, and let the customer tell the bank how much money gets loaned out and how much money they can make. Don't leave it up to the jerks in the bank because they just want to take your money and make money on it and give you nothing back. So uh, that's it for episode four. Uh, I appreciate your feedback and comments. I probably screwed a couple things up here and there, but uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did.